The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, howdy there, party partners. Welcome to our playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the world's finest radio show that brings you authors and experts. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am very happy to be with you every week as a success coach and helping you pump your energy and love, live, laugh, learn, and, of course, to live your dreams. We want you to do that as well. Heather Brittany is away cruising in the Caribbean at this very moment, and I wish I was with her, but of course, I want to be here with you as well. So I am uh, going to be doing the show without my sidekick today. As you know, we are a show about following your heart and doing what you love. We like to call it champagne for the spirit because we are always bubbling over with that inspiration and enthusiasm and motivation and information, the edutainment that you need for your life. Well, in today's show, you're going to have just like a coaching session every once in a while. I just need to chill a bit. If you've been listening to me for all these years, we have been broadcasting since 1998. You will know that I am interviewing authors every week, which means I actually read the books. I'm not one of those hosts that just go buy cheat sheets or cue cards or any of that. I read and research and do my history lessons on everybody that I am going to interview. So uh, that means I read two to four books per week plus about 20 periodicals. It's a lot of reading to have to do besides the preparation. Of course, I do love it. And I really care about the guests that we have on. But this week, I'm taking a break. I've had to do a lot of other kinds of reading and writing and producing. So we're not going to have any guests. You're going to have a full hour of Cynthia Bryan. And I hope that I can help you clarify your life vision, unleash your real potential for empowered success, help you ignite your strengths, discover your untapped talents, Reveal your unrealized opportunities and help you know that this is the year to revolutionize the way that you see your relationships, your life, and your career. The miracle moment for 
today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. And for more info on getting your private consultation over the phone, Skype, or, of course, in person, call 925-377-7827. And this is from St. Francis de Sales. Half an hour's meditation each day is essential, except when you're busy. Then a full hour is needed. I really like that uh, that quote because it seems that we are all sped up today. In fact, I was talking to our network director earlier who was saying how time just seems to be going faster every day. And I'm not sure it's going faster. I think that we've just tried to pile more things into our day than we ever have in the past. And as a result, we're pretty exhausted. We're definitely overextended, overstretched, and we don't get a lot of time for re- relaxation. So think about uh, this quote, a half hour's meditation each day is essential, except for when you're busy, then a full hour is needed. And I must say that I do start my days with a meditation. I really think clearly on what the day is going to be like, how I envision it. I ask for help around it, creating all of the the harmony and the beauty and the connections that I would really like to see happen for everyone. Something else that I think is really important uh, when we're thinking about our days is to be beautiful in the eyes of another. We have to forget that they're watching. So we want to remember that we are all stars of our own lives. We all have the ability to be the stars we were born to be. We are unique. We are different. And that's what the, this is what is the key in life. I love it. I'd love you to pick up copies of my book this week. Several copies were going out the door. I'm not sure where people heard about it, but it was very exciting. My, the two signature books that are totally my heart books are Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and learning to make a difference. This is the first book in the Be the Star You Are series. And the second book, which was released last year, is Be the Star You Are for Teens, with several teen contributors. And this is Simple Gifts to Live, Laugh, Learn, Love, and Lead, because we're trying to help students and young people be leaders. With that, this past weekend, we had uh, the Pear and Wine Festival as well as a car wash that we participated in. It was a huge endeavor on behalf of our volunteers, who are all teenagers. I was the only adult (laughs) trying to run between the pear booth and the car wash. And I first of all want to thank our sponsor, Greco Hardware Flooring, who sponsored our pear festival booth. And if you want to get your floors refinished um, in a very... New way with an old-style manner. He is from Poland, and he knows the, the, the real ways of installing floors. Call 510-928-7409 or go to grycohardwareflooring.com. That's G-R-Y-K-O, hardwareflooring.com. I also want to give out a huge hurrah and thank you to our incredible event planner team, um, volunteer, Vivian Lee, who organized the whole car wash, and she also organized the Pear Festival. She was helped by Stephen Zhao, who is our, our webmaster at Express Yourself, and both just did a really great job. And then we had, I think, I think about 30-some volunteers. So thank you to all of you who participated. I know a lot of you got your community service hours, but most of the, most of all, everyone had a really good time. And That, to me, is important, that everybody have fun while getting to know the community and collaborating with them and making new friends. 
On that same note, I also want to give a shout-out and congratulations to two of our Be The Star You Are teens, our uh, former chairperson of events and our office chairperson, Jacqueline Tao, who is now uh, in her first week at Stanford. Uh, she was a, she's been a volunteer since she was like 10 years old, which is so cool. And her article, Window to the World, was published this week in the La Mirinda Weekly. So we hope that you will check that out. And our other volunteer, Eric Polikos, who is also writing uh, for me. I am the editor of Teen Scene, working with teens. And his new app wrap was out. And that's it's a very cool one about um, coupons. It's called GeoCoupons. Geo so check out that. We'll have it uploaded at btsya.com. And while you're there, visit all the other things at Express Yourself. Another quick announcement, and that is that starting in two weeks, the 8th Annual National Essay Contest for Be The Star You Are will be launching. And you can win dollars. You can win a guest spot on this radio show You'll be promoted in all the blogs and websites and newsletters. There's a whole bunch of good things. So go to btsya.com or bethestarur.org to check out the guidelines. Start getting ready. We're kind of giving you a, you know, a preview, a head start. And you can also check out our event page at starstyleradio.com if you ever want to know what is going on. Well, because I work with so many students, uh, young people, I'm always hearing about how crazy the tuition has gotten at colleges and universities around the country. The soaring prices might be putting kids' college dreams out of financial reach for a lot of people. But there are things that you can do and you can take steps to kind of restore the sanity to higher education. Money Magazine, their September issue, had a very good article about uh, stopping the tuition madness. And, and I'm going to be referring to some of the things in here because besides scholarships, these are some of the things you can do because parents with college-bound kids are starting to feel like it's a no-win situation when your kid is eyeing you know, those great quads and the gothic dorms of uh, the Dream University while a parent is staring down at too small a 401K and a shaky job market and a house worth a lot less than a few years ago, and depending where you live, it could be as much as a quarter of what it used to be. So meanwhile, colleges are hiring the tuition prices faster than a hedge fund manager at an art auction. So over the past 10 years, the cost of a private college has jumped more than 60%. That's nearly three times as much as incomes over the same period have grown. And it's going to set you back an average, this is just an average, of $42,000 a year. Some people, you know, $42,000 is, is maybe even more than when, that what you make in a year. Now, prices at public colleges have gone up even higher, and they have doubled for in-state uh, tuition for students to more than $20,000. So it is, it's getting really crazy for most people who are juggling family and jobs and, you know, a couple of kids to be able to send your kids to college. So, you know, a four-year bill is going to be more than probably $250,000 at a private school. And at a public university, it might be more than like $155,000. And, of course, there is financial aid 
But financial aid isn't always the answer for everything that we need because sometimes it's hard to get that, to get that financial aid. And if that, if tuition inflation keeps going, of course, as parents, uh, your retirement plans just kind of go down the tubes and then your, your kids will suffer because they're going to, they're forced to start their adult lives if they take on student loans really in debt. And debt is a big thing for college kids these days. So what can leaders do? Well, there's a lot of innovative ideas out there to tame the tuition hikes. They're springing up in all different kinds of higher education circles and some of them do show some promise. So one of them was to refocus on academics. Over the past 10 years that ended in 2009, spending at large public universities on instruction rose about 10% in real terms, and this is from the Delta Cost Project, which is a nonprofit, while spending on student services jumped 19% and operations went up to 20% as there were bills for everything from maintaining beautiful dorms and spa-like gyms to salaries for legions of administrators that really were not necessary. So colleges, they don't have to cut into their academic programs uh, just to keep the rising costs in check. And this, the McKinsey report says that what they really need to do is just cut back on some of these student service services that they've been offering that are a little bit over the top. Many of the practices actually improve the educational experiences for students. And there have been some mentoring programs that are keeping costs per student low by helping ensure that students are not wasting money on unnecessary credits. And, you know, I think just being coached a bit on what classes are appropriate to get them out is faster. What I'm hearing from the kids that I'm coaching, and right now, because seniors in high school are, uh, preparing their college apps, I'm working with a lot of teens, helping them write their essays. And what I hear a lot of is from uh, people already who have graduated and trying to get classes is they can't get the classes. So we really have to have people out there that can help these kids get into the classes they want so they're not going to be at school for five, six, seven, or more years. Now, financial turmoil is finally forcing most of the colleges to take cost-cutting seriously, and many state schools in particular are seeking some quick cuts by dropping programs or consolidating departments. There's not a widespread need yet for broader reforms, but the pace of athletic spending at least seems to be slowing. And I know people love their sports, but among the top 120 programs, meeting expenses rose less than 2% last year versus um, 11% in 2009. So we do have to watch all those extra programs. Another thing, another strategy is uh, to leverage technology. So uh, it's a, an expense that has been blamed for fueling tuition hikes uh, because it because of the technology, but it's starting to pay off in big efficiencies as colleges use sophisticated software to slash electricity and phone costs. And the students are seeing some direct benefits because many professors around the country now are ditching the traditional textbooks in favor of free open source e-textbooks, which I think are a great way to go, or low-cost print-on-demand books that cost uh, uh, you know hundreds of dollars less a year. I just know that some of the kids that I have coached, it's so frustrating for them because 
they will be required to get a book that they normally could get used or at Amazon or online for, you know, pennies on the dollar, but then a professor says it has to have a special key, so it has to be bought brand new, and it's a $150 book, and they never even open it all semester. So we got to get away from those kinds of, of things, and re- that way it will get back to education and will help the kids. And I want to give one other strategy before we go to break, and that is think about going to a college abroad. I know I studied at the University of Bordeaux in France. It was one of the most wonderful experiences of my life, having to go to school in a in the French language, meeting the people, becoming fluent in that. And the cost to go to school in France was much, much less than to go to school here in America. And it gave me a broader uh, influence on the world. So those are just a few ways that you can help beat those college tuitions. And for more information, there's a lot of information online or pick up a copy of the magazine, uh, Money Magazine for September 2011. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I will be right back with the rest of the story. Stay with me. This is Star Style. Be the star you are on World Talk Radio. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Successful businesses have goals and a written plan. If you adapt some of the following and watch your bottom line, I think that you will soar. Prepare a budget and be realistic. Identify your competition and know what you can do better. Play to your strengths by doing what you do best. Retain your clients and customers by being service-oriented. Network, network, network. Embrace labor-saving technologies. Hire for attitude. Train for professionalism. And fire those bad apples quickly. Educate and appreciate by constantly improving. Remember that every employee is important to the organization and by creating a culture that values the person, new opportunities for work will evolve. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite. And to help launch your business success, call 925-377-7827 or visit starstyle.us. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying with us here where the world comes to talk and to listen. I am Cynthia Bryan. 
I'm your personal growth coach, and I am so happy to always be with you to kind of pump you up and help you live a life of happiness. Well, as most of you know who've listened to me over the years, I raise a lot of animals. I take in abandoned animals. I have chickens and ducks and geese and goats and rabbits and horses and potbelly pigs and and uh, fish, you know, dogs, cats, whatever it is. And I really do uh, love these animals. But what happens when an animal dies? You know, so often pets are become part of our family. Now, I know, having grown up on a farm, we were taught early on that, you know, everything is a season of life. But that still doesn't take away the sadness and the grief when you have a, a loved one, a pet, uh, die. A study by the Grief Recovery Institute estimates that over $2.4 billion in hidden costs are part of a $75 billion a year loss in the United States in employee productivity and its associated, you know, activities that are directly attributed to grief, both physical and emotional, that is sustained by an employee who experiences the direct loss of either a person or a pet. Now, with pets, many people, especially if they are single or they don't have children or they're elderly, their pet is their family member. And for HR decision makers who've never experienced nor shared their lives with a pet, it might seem incomprehensible that an animal loss equates to human loss. And, of course, you know, when we think of it logically, you can't compare an animal with a human. However, if that animal is your animal, it is like a human to you. So transference of human emotions to an animal may result in greater psychological damage than that that happens with the human counterpart. And it's that inability to understand the intimate bond between a person and his or her animal that results in disruptive behavior in the workplace. I can just tell you that um, last month I had one of my potbelly pigs die and it was really hard it was a very fast sudden death and it was really sad for me and it literally took me a full day to recover i had to bury her in 105 degree heat and it was um, a holiday and i was i was really sad but i did give myself that time to grieve for her you know and the other animals in the barnyard were grieving now it's not suggestion that someone who doesn't share an interest in pets are compelled to forego their own business, you know, acumen and ideologies and be forced to accept what I'm saying here. But for the sake of the employee who does have a pet and loses it, we need to at least be empathetic and consider the ability to understand that impact of the pet loss on the total psyche of an employee as it relates to the workplace. And it's through education that an understanding of pet loss provides the foundation for the development of a comprehensive pet loss bereavement plan. Now, no business is immune to employees' grief because we're all humans. We're humans in training, and it's going to impact the workplace environment. 
I have a few statistics that were provided by the American Veterinary Medical Association, and they are a little bit, uh, a few years old, but in any case, I think it still shows that there are, there's a, people have many, many pets. So back in 2007, nearly half of pet owners, uh, 49.9% considered pets their family members. That is almost 50% considered their pets part of their human family. There were more than 72 million pet dogs in the U.S. This is not including strays. And there were 82 million pet cats in the U.S. And of those, 67% of every U.S. household had a, a pet, cat, or a dog. So there is an importance in developing a bereavement plan if we want to reduce this $2.4 billion in hidden costs that companies are experiencing. So when companies help their grieving employees become better workers because they're showing some organizational compassion. So maybe that what you do is if someone is really grieving over their pet, they take a sick day. And, you know, we don't try to belittle them. We want to give them some gestures of comfort, and it can be very simple, just even writing a note or a card. I know that my vet, which really meant a lot to me when one of my dogs died after, well, how old, 18 years, was really part of the family, and he sent just a very sweet card. He had always treated the dog, and he sent a very sweet card, just saying that he knew that it was tough when you lose that. And I'm sure he sent... Hundreds of these over the years, but the fact that he sent one personally to me with the name of my pet included in it meant a great deal. And so we can all do these little things to help people and their pets get over their bereavement. The um, Something that's important is to educate if you are working in a business and you have an HR department it's in, or just somebody who oversees your employees, it's really important to implement some kind of plan with them to let them know that whether it's human loss or pet loss, that there is going to be some kind of security of empathy and compassion and caring for their their animal companions. Because employees and the company are part of all a connected chain, and we're all linked to another. We might be very separate and unique, but we are together and all of us have lives outside of what it is that we do in our work. And, you know, I, I always have to remind myself of this because you go to the doctors, for example, and you're complaining about whatever your ailment is. And we forget if that doctor is having kind of a bad day or doesn't have the greatest bedside manners that maybe something is going on in his or her life that has nothing to do with us because, again, we're all humans and we all have families and we all have to pay bills. And I see this time and time again when we kind of run to judgments. You see a television personality and you think, oh, they don't have a care in the world. Well, that's wrong. Everybody, everybody has cares and we all have to realize and, uh, what, realize that we're all in this together. So, Whenever you're uh, going to sweep judgment very quickly and you're getting angry for something else, just stop, take a breath, and think about what might be going in 
in that life of that person that you are possibly getting angry at. And if uh, any of your friends or fellow employees or in, have had the loss of their pet companion recently, make sure that you let them know that you do care because it's like losing a good friend and losing a family member. And just by showing that you care connects us and shows your humanness. Now, I I want to change subject from pets, and uh, I thought this was, I like to give you little tips once in a while, and I thought this was rather interesting. There is a book out that calls Beauty Pays that was written by an author and an economist, Daniel Hammermath. And what he writes is he's talking about beauty. And he says that pretty people earn more money, are luckier in love, and are happier. Now, he breaks it down. And you may not agree, but I find it very interesting. In the dating world, Having really good looks help women more than it helps men. It seems that whoever, whether whatever you're looking for, if women are attractive, they do better in the dating world. But in the business world, men need to have good looks. Unattractive women earn 12% less than attractive women. But ugly men or unattractive men earn 17% less. So I laughed at what, when he was asked, what is the best profession for people who are unattractive or downright ugly? And the answer was armed robbery. <laughs> so I thought, okay, all right. So all, all of the ugly people out there, and I don't know who's going to define what ugly is, is go ahead and get your, get your ugly on <laughs> by becoming an armed robber. Something, because I'm a gardener, you may want to check out the La Mirinda Weekly this week. I have a, a great article called Grape Expectations, and it's about grapes and wines. This is that time of year. Uh, but also, I have a cottage industry selling my chicken eggs. I've raised chickens since the time I was eight. I put myself through college by selling the age eggs, and I still have them. And they're all organic. They're range or free range. The chickens just eat worms and they peck and they do all the things that chickens are supposed to do. So I'm often asked, should people be eating always organic? I mean, do you buy it? Do you not buy it? What's organic? What do you, you know, what is really important? Whatever. So there are a lot of different nutritional approaches which aim to decrease the toxin burden on the liver and they are helpful, but a topic that, you know, takes a, probably a whole nother radio segment. So maybe the key is to try to eat clean food as much as possible. So the less the body is burdened over time, that's better. So these are some of tips that have been adopted from food educators. And the first ones I'm going to read to you, we call them the scary six because they're the highest on the food chain and they are high fat which means toxins concentrate in the fat tissue. But these are also things that you really need to eat. So when we talk about the Scary Six, these are things you want to buy organic. You don't want to just buy them from the store because they'll be too filled with toxins that are not good for you. And the Scary Six, and this is a must, is number one is dairy products. You should be buying organic dairy products. The second one is eggs. There I am. 
So people who buy my eggs, they know that they are getting totally farm fresh, no pesticides, no insecticides, no colorings, nothing. They're getting a really good whole egg. And, and it's true, once you have one, you won't go back. Also, farm-raised fish, organic meats. Again, growing up on our ranch, we raised our own cattle and our own sheep. And as much as I don't like to slaughter anything, this is the, the we ate the food that we raised, and it was all grass-fed and free-roaming, so it was healthy. Organic peanut butter and organic nuts, and finally, poultry. There we are. There's the chickens again. Eat the fresh organic poultry. Now, the second list is called the Dirty Dozen, and these describe foods and vegetables according to their average amounts of pesticide and fertilizer residues. So you might want to, you know, put these lists even on your cell phone. Now, these you really should buy organic as well because these, again, they go directly into our systems. And if there's pesticides in them that you buy from the store, you are probably going to be carrying around a lot more chemicals. In fact, a um, a report from the Human Exposure to Environmental Chemicals found that for the average American there are um, 212 chemicals and heavy metals in each person. So Americans are testing positive for 212 chemicals. And the six most widespread chemicals were PDE, which is a flame retardant, BPA, which is a food-related plastic, um, acrylamide, which is in fried foods, PFDA, which is in nonstick cookware, and mercury comes in seafood, and then MTBE, which is gasoline. So these toxins are correlated with allergies and diabetes and infertility and neurological prog- uh, problems as well as anti-immune conditions. And some, for example, dioxin are no longer used, but they're still found in dairy products. Uh, and so you want to know what you're eating because dioxin is a known contributor to the development of type 2 diabetes. So the, the next, the dirty dozen which you really want to buy organic. I just grow, let's see, I grow all of these things. And they are apples, bell peppers, blueberries, celery, cherries, grapes, kale and other greens, nectarines, peaches, potatoes, spinach, and strawberries. And let me tell you something right now as a gardener. This is a great time of year to be planting your uh, to kale and your greens and your broccoli and your cabbage and cauliflower and all those kind of cool weather vegetables and greens. You can plant seeds. They come up in a few days and you snip them. And if you don't have a garden, just put them in a pot on a windowsill and you can just have fresh salads and fresh greens and chives and, you know, garlic chives and all that year round. And now is the time to plant your fruit trees too. So these are called the clean 15 and these are the ones that you can just go ahead and buy them in the store because they don't absorb as many chemicals as other as other produce do. And those are asparagus, avocado, cabbage, cantaloupe, corn, eggplant, grapefruit, melons, like honeydew melons, kiwi, mangoes, onions, pineapple, sweet peas, sweet potatoes, and watermelon. And although these lists are aiming to be considerate for both your budget and your health factors, keep in mind that anytime you buy organic foods, they are going to be more expensive. I know that when I first ran, I started a health food store when I was at UCLA years ago. It was one of the first health food stores in L.A. called Nature's Health Cove. And I was always 
um, surprised at how much people would pay for a really, I don't know, it had bugs in it, you know, <laughs> with, with a peach or, or, um, some blueberries or something that didn't look very good, but they were organic. So they're actually better for you, even though they don't, maybe don't look that good. So again, the recommendation is pay most attention to those scary six, the food sources that are the highest on the food chain, dairy, eggs, fish, meat, peanut butter and nuts, and poultry. And then try to get as many fresh vegetables, like as organic at your farmer's market. And then the other ones you can be a little bit okay with. So here is to your health. Let's hope that you can always stay healthy. And you know the the better you eat, the healthier you will be. So you want to do that for sure. Stick around. There's more coming. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are to your health. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market are you living your dreams want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin lifestyle coach and personal growth expert cynthia bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person you'll turn your passions into profits visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR that's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827 cynthia bryan is your guide on the side www.cynthiabryan.com you can be the star you are be the star you are light up the flame that burns get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to be the star you are a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women families and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star you you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market turn up the volume grab a seat and get ready to be challenged inspired and motivated to greatness it's power party time on star style be the star you are with your hosts the mother-daughter dynamic duo cynthia bryan and heather Brittany. well thank you so much for staying with us right here at star style be the star you are and world talk radio where the world comes to talk and to listen and every week we really try to enchant you and help you be a better person and and help you grow and inspire you. Yes, Be The Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive message programming, 
such as this radio show, there is an apathy sweeping our country, and as a nation, we have grown so accustomed to violence and chaos and abuse and a plethora of other negative influences. We seem to be in accepting atrocities and horrors as everyday events, but Be The Star You Are believes that stories of inspiration and hope should be available to everyone regardless of income or ability because stories have the power to transform and change lives. So Be The Star You Are is committed to providing positive role models for youth and adults, and we hope that you'll make a donation to Be The Star You Are. You can go to either be the star you are dot org. You can call nine two five three seven six seven one two six or you can send a tax deductible donation to PO Box three seven six Moraga, California nine four five five six. That's Moraga with an M M O R A G A. And also I want you to go to the new website that was developed by teens for teens to give them a voice. It is called Express Yourself, and it's at btsya.com. And there, if you are a young person, you can upload creative writing. You can upload book reviews. There's all kinds of things you can do, photography, video, music. Or if you don't have anything to upload and you just want to participate, you can do that. There's blogs there. You can talk to teens. We're setting up a pen pal program. So it should be kind of fun what uh, is going on there. And in the near future, we are working on creating a new radio show that will be on the Voice America Kids Network. And that should be starting next month. And it will be called Express Yourself. And it will be a voice for young people. Well, speaking of young people, if you are an adult, here are 10 great things you can do for your kid to really instill some confidence, some self-esteem, and some self-direction. Because kids listen to every single day. We get so many put-downs and so many negatives. So how about instead of buying them something, how about just giving them some pat on the backs? You know, like I always love it when we give kids roots and wings instead of loot and things. And I think that's a key to life. So catch your child behaving well. Notice and comment frequently and be specific about what you witness him or her doing or saying. Tell them. When you're disciplining your child, make a correction quickly and don't make too much fuss about it. And then after you've told them what they've done, go back to being positive. You want your child to think of themselves as a good person. So you don't want to just keep complaining about it uh, on and on. After they comply and they cooperate, thank them. Express affection for your child verbally, physically, and through your actions. Because actions are, you know, they speak louder than words. And they take precedence um, over just talking. So show him you enjoy his company. Take him or her to see an exhibit of things that they like, even if you don't like it. Demonstrate kindness, consideration, and generosity to others. Again, the best role model is you. So if we want our kids to be great kids, we have to be great parents. When you spend time with your child, do it willingly and happily because a kid can really tell when his parents aren't fully present or if they're begrudging giving up their time. There's no need to feel guilty for occasionally skipping pages, you know, when you're reading to your kids. And sometimes you can't make all their events. But when you do have time with your kid, be present. Don't be on your phone. Don't be on your computer. 
show that you're interested in them. Take good physical and emotional care of your child, but also be sure that you don't forget yourself. That's a hard one for parents, and it was always hard for me. I always, you know, and I know for even my parents, you always put my kids first. But sometimes that's at the expense of your own health. So make sure you're getting enough sleep, that you're eating properly, you know, and that you're getting that meditation in the morning. Have an encouraging and optimistic outlook with your child as much as possible. You don't need to be Mary Poppins, but it is important to keep your worries to yourself. And you should talk to other adults. Don't make your little child your confidant because that will make them anxious or withdrawn and Perhaps what's going to happen is they'll end up with some kind of anxiety disorder. They're going to feel responsible for you. So don't relinquish the parent role. Your child is your child and you are the adult. Be aware of your excessive behavior, whether that be spending too much money or drinking too much, eating too much, getting too angry, working too much, you know, whatever it is, buying too much stuff. Again, there's a balance in life, and we have to demonstrate to this to our children. If you are struggling financially, which many, many people are right now, you don't want to put that burden on your kids. They're going to start thinking if they eat less or they don't get that certain book that, you know, things are going to be better. So you just want to balance it. You, you, kids can realize that we got to all sacrifice a bit, but they don't know how to, they don't have to know the details. Provide clear and consistent expectations and consequences. This is a big one. I see it in a lot of families where the mother says one thing, the father says the other thing. One person's the disciplinarian, the other one is the huggy, touchy, feely. You have to, if you're a two person, I mean a two, uh, yeah, two person household, you need to be on the same page and you really have to implement consequences no matter how convincingly your child pleads and I know as a parent how many nights I would have to stay up late or I'd have to stay home from going out to dinner or cancel my own my own plans because you know one of the kids was being on restriction and so in order for them to be on restriction it really meant I'm on restriction if your child is not behaving respectfully towards you or your or others or himself you may need to seek some outside help and do it promptly. And when they're under 18, don't give them a choice about seeing a therapist. After all, you don't allow your child to decide about, you know, going to the dentist. If you think your child is in danger and could be suicidal or has an eating disorder or might be using drugs, get help. That It's very, very important. And then the most important thing that I've come to learn is to be a good listener this is probably the most powerful tool in parenting, and it's the most powerful tool actually in life. And we were given two ears and one mouth, and there is a reason for that. So with your children, in order to be calm and reflective, you have to give them a neutral ear. Be supportive when you're listening and non-judgmental, because the minute you start to butt in and make a comment, they're going to shut up and they're not going to confide in you anymore. So learn to zip it. And then as the kids develop greater confidence and self-worth, they will come to you and they will ask questions and they will ask for your advice. And you can be that guide to them. So very important to listen more. 
And I know that sometimes my children, as they were growing up, would tell me things that I actually didn't want to hear. And as parents, I think this happens to us all the time. But instead of rushing in and wanting to rescue your kids, you got to let them get burned once in a while. That's how they learn that the stove is hot. So you just, you know, let things happen. Or if you really feel that you need to intercede, then you need to ask permission and say, would you like to hear how I feel about that? Would you like me to give you any advice? And if they respond in the, in the affirmative, then go ahead and give them the advice. If they do not, then you better just save it for another day. And that is my little bit of coaching for parents on how to raise great kids and also how to affirm them and to help them be, you know, the happiest, most well-adjusted kids that you can. Spend time with them, listen to them, cherish them, and find them doing something that is right and something that is doing, something that they're doing well, which is always really, really important. So the next thing I thought that saying, doing something that was um, a little bit funny would be, would be good here because all of us need humor in our lives. And I came across this little piece of history of where did where did different sayings come from and it's really interesting when we look at sayings and where where they came from and we wonder how wow i never really thought about that because we say things without even knowing where they came from in the first place so this one is um, a couple of sayings do you know where the <laughs> where the word piss poor came from. Well, older people may remember this, but if not, I'm going to just encourage, I mean, I'm going to show it to you, uh, tell you about it. It used to be that animal skins were tanned by urine. So people who didn't have much money, they would save their urine and they would put it in a pot. And then one day when the pot was filled, they would bring it to the place where they were going to tan to the tannery and the, um, they would be paid. And so if you were so poor that you this was the way that you made money, you were called piss poor because you had to do this to survive. Now, a lot of people, they might not have had, in quotes, a pot to piss in. And you've heard, you've heard that said before. Well, the next time you are washing your hands and thinking about this, realize that that was because if people didn't even have a pot, they were actually poorer than the ones that were before them. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, I, I actually, you know, you never really think about that, how long it, how long that, uh, where that saying came from. Now, people have often wondered why June is the month that most people get married. And this is a very interesting thing, is that, in the 1500s, people did not take a bath. It was they were afraid that washing your hands actually took away or washing any part of your body took away all the good things that you had to be coated. So even if you didn't need it, once a year, people got a yearly bath and it usually was in the month of June. So that meant, I mean, the month of May, excuse me. So that meant by the month of June, especially the early months, 
that most people still smelled good. Now, how the privileges of taking a bath went is first when you filled the basin with water, the man of the house got the first bath. Then the sons and the men, they all went next. Then went any of the women and the children. And the last of anybody who took a bath was the baby. So that's where the saying came when the water was so dirty, I mean, that you couldn't even see it, that the saying came, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The other reason that brides carry bouquets in the month of June was, is because by June, you know, they had their bath in May, they were starting to smell a little bit. So you had to carry a bouquet. And the price of animals, this was something, mice, bugs, you know, they lived in it. When it became rainy and slippery, um, they, my, uh, bugs lived in houses. And that's where the whole thing is don't let the bed bugs bite you is uh, bugs were in the hay. And so that was how that came about. Also, when it became rainy and slippery on a roof, people sometimes would fall off, and there was nothing to stop things from falling in the house. So beds that had canopies over them, that was to protect from any of the stuff that was falling onto your head. And that, that posed a problem for or the droppings and stuff. So a bed with big bedposts and a sheet had some protection. And that's how the canopy beds came into existence. Now, only the wealthy had those. You've also probably heard of dirt poor. Now, my family was considered dirt poor when they lived uh, in Italy. And here, what it was is that the wealthy could actually afford to have floors, but the poor didn't. So if you had a dirt floor, you were dirt poor. And... Winter, where threshold came from, is in the winter when it got wet, you would lose your footing and you would you would fall. So they would add more threshing to the door. And then when it got slippery outside, they would put a piece of wood in the entranceway. And that's why it was called a threshold. So they also cooked in a fire that was hung, you know, like a big kettle hung over. And they lit the fire, and that's where they had vegetables. They didn't get much meat, and there would be a lot of leftovers, and the pot would get cold overnight. And so that's where the rhyme came from, peas, porridge, hot peas, porridge, cold peas, porridge. You know, what was it, 10 days old? So something like that. (laughs) Anyway, there's all these different sayings that are really, really kind of fun. So if you're ever wondering where something came from, you may want to just have a little bit of, history lessons and look it up because we are our sayings that language is always changing and we're always finding something that is new so i want to thank you all for being great listeners and tuning in with me every week heather will be back with us next week with another health tip for you and until then we hope you go out into the world and make it a great weekend a great day remember to love yourself and to be the person you were born to be. Take a look in the mirror, admire yourself, and say that you're a wonder of creation. Until we celebrate next week, just bring it forth and be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and I thank you for joining me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll talk next week. Ciao for now. Be the star you are. The star you
Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then, be the star you are. You.